Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Stinger. It's been a little while since we posted on this show. There's been a little bit of a lull in, in Marvel content, but we're back now. Loki is here, and oh my gosh, is it good. I'm having Justin, John, and Trent, the real underdogs, the OG real underdog squad, to join me on the podcast today to go over the first two episodes that have been released on Disney+. Plus. I Again, it has been an absolute thrill to watch these. Uh, I was saying before we started recording, too, that even when you just compare this show, not even against the other Marvel shows that have come out on Disney+, Plus, but just against other really good TV shows, it stacks up. This is a really good TV show. It is uh, thematically very strong and very much pulling at, you know, free will versus or predestination. And it's just really, really well done. The production quality is fantastic and the acting is incredible. So if you have not gotten a chance to watch the first two episodes of Loki, then stop listening to this podcast right now because we're going to get into spoiler heavy discussion. Go watch those episodes and then come back and give this a listen because I promise you, you're going to have a lot of questions after watching the first two episodes of this show. I'm super excited to talk about it with these guys and I hope you all enjoy this conversation. I'm, it, it, I've taken a little bit of a break from posting, just life is busy, but I'm hoping to get more content out to you over the coming weeks. So without further ado, the OG Real Underdog Squad is coming on to talk Loki episodes one and two. All right, I've got the real underdogs, your fi- your favorite underdogs coming in hot. We're ready to talk Loki. How are we doing, boys? Doing fantastic. Uh, you're talking to my variant right now. The real me is in the bathroom because I just had Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that mean that you're, uh, what's it called? Like you're casting your astral self then technically? do this call i mean i technically am sitting in my other location so (laughs) wouldn't that wouldn't that be great if we could (laughs) if we could actually do that that'd be that'd be pretty convenient that's a slept on superpower loki's ability to to duplicate himself and dry his clothes while just casually walking through that was the funniest thing where he's like he's like oh i dry my clothes just so i wouldn't make noise like the rest of you although i i hated that they didn't actually put like squeaks into the sound design i'm like you set up a joke (laughs) there you go that's a nitpick that's a nitpick so spoiler warning sorry if we spoiled you that loki gets his clothes wet in episode two (laughs) but uh we uh we'll put up an actual spoiler warning now there's more intense details than that that we're going to talk about um but yeah so we're here to talk loki the first two episodes are officially out the second one came out last night or technically two nights ago i i don't know it's uh, justin actually first question are you team 3 a.m for loki uh absolutely 100 percent yes i knew it it's, it's a little rougher though because these episodes are like an hour long so uh, i find myself quite tired by the end of the episodes it's not like wandavision where they were like 23 minutes or whatever and i could just sprint through them and just go to sleep it's a little different now yeah, do you go? Do you go to sleep after watching, or are you just like, nah, I'm staying up at this point? <laughs> I will watch the instant reactions to the episodes on YouTube, and then I will go to sleep. 
Okay. Uh, I'll get a cool four hours. That's like a, that's a, like oh. a responsible, uh, <laughs> responsible viewing experience of any Marvel television show to only limit yourself to the instant reactions instead of scouring Reddit and like all the <laughs> deep dives <laughs> on YouTube. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty responsible. Um, so I am very eager to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, just, you know, generally, I love the first two episodes of this show. And I, I mean, I'm pretty, I drink the Marvel Kool-Aid like, like nobody's business, but even this surprised me at how, how good these first two episodes were. So I'm just going to open the floor. What did you like? What did you maybe not like? What were you impressed by with the first two episodes? Um, so for me, the, the positives right off the bat are, um, obviously Tom Hiddleston, um, I think it's fair to say, even though I love things about the first two Thor movies, yes, even the Dark World, I can say positive things. Um, I, th- I think it's fair to say that people didn't come around that franchise until Ragnarok, really, but people loved Hiddleston as Loki right at the gate. That was like the one thing people would be like, yeah, Thor's not for me, but I like him. Um, and so I'm glad he's getting his own show to, to really shine. Um, in my in my notes earlier, I wrote down literally just the sentence "dramatic Owen Wilson" because I'm just so happy that we're seeing <laughs> Owen Wilson play a more um, gravitas, nuanced role. Um, and, and the guts of this show to just like go hard into the sci-fi debate of like free will versus determinism. I'm like, yes, um, take the character who's most defined by his accomplishments and tell him that it all means nothing, and he's just like one speck of dust in the cosmic universe. Um, I think that was a brilliant inspired choice by the creative team behind the show. Um, and just everything about it, the way it, it does the whole sci-fi thing from the production design with the orange tints and all the weird stuff in the TVA and the, the score, I think for this also slaps. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm digging the whole vibe of the show. I guess it's my overarching thing is just the general vibe of everything is fantastic. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to love. Um, and really that's all that I have for the show right now is uh, that uh, is just kind of the positive feels. I really can only reiterate what Trent has said at this point. Uh, the performances are fantastic. I really think uh, this is some of my favorite Owen Wilson I've seen in a long time. He's, uh, and I don't know, that that's not necessarily saying a whole ton because I don't think he's been in a whole ton of stuff lately other than like Zoolander reboots, but he uh, is really, I mean, I think he and Hiddleston play off each other just beautifully. And I don't know, the, the number one thing though has to be just the character depth that has already been exhibited in these first two episodes and just how they're really deconstructing the Loki character through kind of the Trojan horse of this time variance authority uh, interference. And the, I don't know, the the sequence that was so good to me that really kind of sums up this show's strength so far is like the the 25 or 30 minute stretch of the first episode where Owen Wilson is just sitting in a room with uh with Loki kind of replaying uh his life's uh major events which we've seen in all the other movies and like you said Trent kind of defining him and I think the way that he put it in the line was like you have existed to fail so that other people could become the best versions of themselves. Like that is what you were made to do and that's how it's always been and that's how it always will be. And you kind of see the Loki character cut open both like from a character standpoint and from an emotional standpoint, you kind of see a break, which you never really thought could happen in such a quick manner. But 
I don't know. He's met his match uh, in more ways than one. And I'm really, I really can't wait to see how this unfolds. This is really fun. Yeah, like imagine being told that your only life purpose is to be a character in somebody else's story. The, That's like, the, the, exi the existential dread of something like that is just insane. And I, I have to agree with you guys entirely on all the things that you love. Um, I guess to add on, I would say I really love the design of everything inside the TVA. Uh, I think that um, the set design is incredible. Like it, it's really interesting. Like I, I know that like there are a lot of like random '90s references in the shows, like with the sodas and drinks. But the TVA, like the decoration, feels almost like Art Deco to me at times. It feels very like old-fashioned and retro. Uh, and just the whole mystique behind this organization that literally is the greatest power in the entire universe. Like, where is it? Where are they? Like, are they in our world just hiding out somewhere? Are they in some other dimension controlling everything? I just think everything about the TVA just really, really intrigues me. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hop on the bandwagon with that one. The T yeah, the TVA design. I think uh you know, I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I just personally like I really geek out over the world building stuff and whenever a show or movie takes us into like a dystopian kind of universe and uh Marvel does a has done a good job, I think, across the board mo most times I think at building out these these other worlds but the tva all already just like kind of stands out among the rest it's just very very well done um you know the the first episode did a very good job of explaining i think how the tva operates and what their job is and how powerful they are in such a like succinct way I, ju just to show infinity stones inside of a drawer in someone's <laughs> desk and be like, nah, we use them as paperweights. paperweights. Was, it's genius. I mean, like they didn't, they, they could have gone into a lot more detail to explain why they're more powerful than anything we've seen before, but that was the most impactful way they could have done it. I mean, like my, I, my jaw dropped when I saw that. Cause I mean, like I'm, I'm like freaked out, like, bro, there's more than six in there. You better not, <laughs> better not let but it also it's also like the guts of the show that two years after these these stones were the plot device for the 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 culmination of the MCU to this point, and you know, the 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 flagship heroes of the franchise, some of them have died or retired as a result of this, and then two years later, it'd be like, nope, it's all perspective. Like yeah. to some people in this universe, they're just paperweights, and like take that for all your emotions about Tony dying. Like no, they mean nothing. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah seriously like it's it's kind of a middle yeah. finger to the audience that i that i absolutely love and support like um yeah, like tony was just destined to die yeah like he like, died yeah. for no reason other than the fact that in that moment he was supposed to <laughs> yep it's crazy like, like there could be a branch that messes up something later that kind of undoes his sacrifice but in that moment he had to die like it's it's weird uh, um how many tony stark variants do you think there have been <laughs> so it's a, many like, it's an interesting question like how often was he the one that was causing this uh temporal trouble and then just kind of had to be put back in his place i would i i don't i wouldn't put it past him to do it uh oh, not times. at all yep i agree not at all it definitely probably happened um 
but I, uh, I think from a, if we're just speaking in terms of the larger MCU that like, like Trent said, it's a little bit of a middle finger to the fans, but it's also, I think necessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to release like 20 projects a year from now until forever, then there's gotta be some new stakes. And this clearly raises the bar. And, uh, I, I mean, they're going for it already in two, two episodes. There's so much to process. Um, quit. I, you know, none of us really said anything that we didn't like. Are there any, like any things that maybe you could find to nitpick or, um, that left you a little confused maybe because these episodes are very, very heady. Uh, not only from a thematic standpoint, but also from just trying to figure out what the plot is about. Yeah, I mean, my only nitpick at this stage is that right now, two episodes in, and granted, the the cliffhanger at the end of this episode is already changing this a little bit for me. It's like, I'm not super um, on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what the variance overall evil plan is. Like, that right now, the, that plot point for me is purely interesting only as a vehicle for Loki and mobius's like character development i can't say that i'm super like oh i can't wait to see where this plan goes or how they're gonna catch like how they're gonna catch the variant like for me it's purely the interest of the character stuff um and and so the the intricacies of the plot stuff while fun like i'm like yeah like that that's my one thing but i'm like i'm not super invested but they have four episodes to totally um up the ante for that and they very very well do so but that's my reaction after the first two yeah i I wouldn't say that I truly dislike anything, but there are some things that make no sense to me. And I, I think that those will probably be explained in subsequent episodes. Mm-hmm. Though maybe I'm giving Marvel too much credit. I mean, there are plenty of unexplained things from WandaVision. Um, so how can there only be one timeline? That makes no sense. See, this Based ties off- into my theory about Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but this ties into a theory that I have that we may get into later when we talk about our theories for the whole show. But yeah, yeah. I, I just there's some stuff that's happening where I feel like um, the wool's over my eyes mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I just kind of want to figure out what's going on because I, I don't know if the TVA is necessarily good. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure. Does it, honestly that I don't think that's going out on too far too far of a limb. That that is uh I think that's something I'm starting to, to think about yeah. as well. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. what does resetting mean? We know what pruning is, but what's resetting? It's a good I think question. Like, I think resetting is the byproduct of pruning. Like by so pruning you, they reset. Uh it's like a cause and effect. Yeah. That, that's the way I interpret it, but I admit it's not clear. I am also confused by that. I thought um, they were two distinct things. I did too, but the way they were talking about it in the second episode made it sound like they pruned to reset. Like the resetting of the timeline occurs via the pruning. Um, there's a lot, and that's the thing. There's a lot of questions like that that come out of the show. <laughs> I think if I had one nitpick, or not even nitpick, but more just general concern is like we, every all of us, we've watched all of the Marvel movies and shows up to this point. I think the only concern I would have is are the casual fans going to be this and like this connected to a show like this? I feel like if you haven't really devoted a lot of time to everything in the past, you could easily get lost in the 
crazy like just the crazy terms and stuff that they're throwing like you know pruning and resetting is like up here just completely over the top of the head of someone who's maybe just checked in for a couple of the movies here and there okay so you know we've talked a little bit about the themes we've talked a little bit about um just the just the different things that we really like about the show and i think one of the biggest successes as we've kind of already talked about is what they've been able to do with the characters and it's weird because when i was thinking of drawing out the kind of rundown for our our episode today i'm like it really is all about loki and mobius there's not a ton you don't get a lot of dialogue from the other supporting characters it really like in the first two episodes has only given the meaningful dialogue and screen time to those two characters so i I wanted to focus on them and specifically loki first because this is loki from 2012 this is not Mm -hmm. the loki that we had last seen in infinity war it is loki that wanted to conquer earth but taken out of that timeline shown that he was going to die and now he's got a whole new perspective on life so i just what was what were y'all's reaction to to seeing loki's character kind of get flipped on his head like that yeah i think i think it was just a cool way because my my before the show started airing my main question was okay this is this is 2012 villainous uh, loki like you said um and so i was like obviously they can't repeat the the succession of you know dark world and ragnarok and infinity war and how that impacted him and so how are they going to have this character grow um and then that that beautiful projector scene that john talked briefly about i think um it's brilliant because we the mobius and then we the audience know more about loki than he does about himself in that scene and that's what makes hit the the facade breaking for him in that scene so impactful is we know that it's going to crack him before he does because he doesn't know up until it's shown to him that it's like his mother's going to die and that you know he's going to die trying to save his brother and all that stuff um no i i feel like the show is going to do an interesting thing where they're they're telling us right now that his whole thing is like trying to take over the tva and i feel like by the end of the show it's going to be more about him him accepting his his place in the cosmic universe's plan um like i like i feel like the show is going to end sort of somberly of him being like yep i'm going to go back into my timeline and i'm going to get killed by thanos one day and i'm cool with that like um that that's my guess of, yeah. of where we're heading at with our boy yeah it's interesting because like you know you're talking about how he does essentially see where his character ends up and i mean the whole thing about character development is that it is the character's journey like that is what is required to really develop somebody and if you essentially you had to kind of force him to watch how he was going to develop while essentially removing 99 percent of the journey mm-hmm. um and you know i think that at this point at this point in this new journey in this series it's giving him a perspective of essentially like it, it i may have been reading him completely wrong but he kind of is in a place of like i don't want to go out like the wimp in that timeline who like is sprouted this you know what is this empathy for other people that like you know that viewing that as a sign of weakness because he hasn't essentially been chiseled away over the over the years to follow to grow affection for uh, the people in <laughs> no they just agree with me um, I'm about to say that but... actually worked perfectly for you <laughs> sounds like you just have very supportive roommates <laughs> uh, but yeah ultimately um, 
you know, I really think that's just kind of where he is right now in terms of just like, I'm not going to go out like the version of me that, you know, turned into a you know, big softy. But, you know, by some means or another, he's going to turn into that big softy just the same, which I mean, might just kind of play back into the theme of, you know, the sovereignty of these time lords. Like, you know, he, he ultimately is just kind of going to end up in the same place no matter what, even if the journey ends up being different or truncated. Uh, and I don't know, that'll probably just raise some questions about like, you know, did he ever have any true free will or is like the free will in the choices, but where you end up just uh, is, is predetermined and is going to be the same. Uh, it's, it's just fascinating. And I think that that's something that's going to stretch Mobius a lot too, who, while he's a character that I don't have as much of a read on or don't haven't spent as much time thinking about is just such an, just such a perfect foil to Loki's hubris to it, just like him being in the state of everything that happens is going to happen and everything that created you uh, that went into making you who you are already happened so you might as well just accept it and be passive because it's out of your control uh i don't know it's just a really cool dichotomy that i like watching mm-hmm. is loki not already like a big softy inside though because I feel like he was just someone who was just badly hurt and damaged, you know, less than someone who's like actually just truly completely evil. And you've seen that bear itself out like in his life story, right? Like, I don't think that he became this character. Like even going back to Thor one, like he was always the one who was, well-behaved, quiet, like, not the same bombastic kind of person that Thor was. And, you know, eventually he just got fed up, right? But I don't know if he's necessarily, like, this, like, you know, hard-ass of a person all of a sudden. It's interesting. Um, I find myself thinking a lot about this whole, I don't know. Like, okay, I have a question for you guys. At the TVA, what year is it? I think they exist somewhere like outside of time. Like, I don't think they have years the way that we think of them. Like, they're in some pocket dimension all on their own, just like chilling. But th- there has to be like some passage of time, right? I mean, Does like, there? I mean, Does like, yeah, well, I but the thing is, like, that would be assuming that the TVA is completely truthful with everything that they say, right? But if they're not, right. then where are they? When and where are they right now? Yeah, I feel, and I feel like that, honestly, like, um, not to jump ahead in our discussion, Josh, but I feel like that's like where the show might actually end up. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're gonna like because I think this is six episodes total. I feel like in the next two, we're gonna wrap up the whole thing with the variant, and then like the last two are just all gonna be about like the TVA and what they actually are, um, or not. Um, that that's my that's my big wild unsubstantiated guess for how <laughs> the whole series is gonna play out here. Um, like I I have this whole theory that like the the timekeepers aren't actually real. Like that, um, 
that it's like made up by like Mobius and a couple other select people at the TVA to like give people comfort in the idea that they have control over time, but that it's all like a facade and it's just to mm-hmm. like give people a false sense of security that they have control over the universe, basically. It's like some yeah. like some theological commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I you know I so my uh me and my brother were texting about it last night and he thinks the tva could exist in the quantum realm um and you know we could have some ant-man connections there potentially i don't really know how you know the the scientific logic behind that but i know i know the mcu could find a way to to uh connect those dots um yeah well you know like Renslayer and Kang the Conqueror were like intertwined a lot in the com- in the comics, right? And Kang the Conqueror is going to make his debut supposedly in Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. So, right, it's possible. It is possible. I um, I think, I think they exist outside of space and time, but it's interesting because they're telling us that they don't know how time ends, and so. If there's no there's no concrete finality to time itself, uh, then they're there's elapsing time somehow on their on their own end fi- finding out how time ends. I don't know if any of that made sense, but like it it's it's weird. I I think there's a lot more that we have to uncover about about the TVA. I think that's that's the the best way I could put it. But I feel like we're we're going down this path. So let's just open it up. Like, what, what questions do you feel like you you want answered ASAP about about this show so far? Because you know, it, it feels like any conversation that we have about it, it, you know, you start talking about one of the characters, but it immediately leads you into a rabbit hole where you're like, wait a second, what what does this actually mean? So, like, what what questions do you guys have after the first two episodes? I was just gonna say, like, what are Mobius's motivations? Yeah, because I, I agree. You know, he seems to be questioning some things that are going on at the TVA. He seems to be kind of going against, you know, some of the other members to do some other things. He seems like kind of a rebel, and I wonder why. Because theoretically, everyone that works at the TVA like should know that they don't have free will. Right. Inherently, but why is he trying to find things out and do things a different way? If you already know that you don't have any free will. Well, and and it goes back to the conversation that he has with Renslayer in their office, where she points out she's like, "You've always had a uh, affinity for broken things," or some something along those lines. Um, Loki in this and this show being the broken thing. And so, uh, yeah, I, I agree that there is something behind Mobius that wants him. I, that wants him to believe that there is free will and choice does matter. Um, again, I'll, I'll go back to me and my brother were texting about it last night. And he thinks that there's a, like, we're going to get a tragic backstory of, from, uh, from Mobius at some point in the season that, that we're going to, we're going to see, he that he's got some skeletons in his closet or or something dark and and serious happened to him in the in the past and that's what's kind of made him this different thinking TVA agent than probably the rest of them. 
how could if the TVA is a truly legitimate organization, how can any of the agents be happy or sad about anything? It's a good point. Yeah. Well, if you have like any like like independent thought, then you have to think that the TVA is bogus, right? I, so well, I, I I agree because like I I I think the I've said I said earlier I think the TVA is somewhat bogus. Like I that they're they're so they're being so cryptic in the dialogue of like I, like every, every character keeps saying like I've never met them I've never met them I'm like they're not going to be real or if they are they're not going to be like these three aliens. Like I have a sneaking suspicion that like Mobius is going to be revealed to be a timekeeper. Actually, that's like my 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 really out there. Oh. Is that he's actually one of the timekeepers, mm-hmm. and that's why he feels so comfortable messing with stuff. Is he's like, actually, I'm trying to like change the macro sacred timeline, but I can't tell people that's what I'm trying to do. Um, Interesting, Trent. You got some spice tonight. I feel like wow. every time you, you talk, you have a new takes. theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or the show, or the show is just so convoluted that I'm spinning my wheels. It's really 50-50. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying anything intelligent. Time will yeah. tell. I've seen some theories on YouTube videos and such that like um, uh, Kang is behind all of this. Mm. Like I, he's like he's like the time traveling, you know, villain who's trying to rule like every single timeline, right? Maybe this is his method of keeping control. I, maybe he's just the timekeepers. <laughs> I've heard that too, and I, I, as much as I want to get on this hype train, I don't think we're going to see Kang in the show. No, 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 we we spent weeks getting hype about Mephisto and Doctor Strange and Reed Richards, <laughs> and then the Power Broker. They're not going to give us Kang in this show. There's a, a and I feel like I can but, already I can already see the the letdown coming. I can't let it yeah. happen again this time. There's a difference though. Kang has been cast. We know who Kang is in the MCU. It's Jonathan Majors. That's we true. know who he is. It's true. Right? If you guys have seen Lovecraft Country, like you, you know he's he's great. He's fantastic. But I could see I could see him I could see him being behind things, but we don't we still don't see him until Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Like I, I could see him being yeah. having a part to play in this, but they don't reveal it to us yet. If Maybe we get a post-credit scene. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I would, I would love it. Trust me, I would I mean, love to I mean, see cause, the. Because after Loki, the next thing is Eternals. Like this is the first time after a, a Marvel show that a movie is the next thing. Like, because because Black Widow was supposed to come out like way before all these shows, but you know, COVID. Um. So That's true. are we made to believe by the show that the TVA is more powerful than like Celestials, for example? The the show at right now is saying they're at least on equal footing. Like That's I and that that's pretty mind blowing. I did not expect uh I did not expect to have that kind of power to be given to the TVA in the show. I just I, I, I truly did not did not expect that. I think um you know on the along those lines a question that I have is after watching WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier this show is a lot heavier I think and the stakes are a lot higher than in either of those shows and so like if we op- if if this show opens up the multiverse and 
and does what we think it might be doing and and opening the multiverse and just showing you this crazy other power in the mcu like will that reduce the stakes at all in any of the other stuff they're doing you know like is there going to be right I would... is there going to be as much of a weight or you know to, to the other stuff that they put out like i literally got sad like thinking about this before we were recording today because i'm like if the tva it ends up being like what we think it is and they are good the plot of Spider-Man No Way From Home shouldn't be allowed to happen. Like, there should be no way that, like, Tom Holland meets Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield because the TVA would be like, oh, this is a variance in the timeline. We have to erase this. And, like, the movie's over in five minutes. So, like, if the TVA is real, none of the, like, Doctor Strange shouldn't happen, Spider-Man shouldn't happen, and so, like, a lot of the feature slate of Marvel shouldn't happen. So that, to me, is part of the other reason I'm, like, thinking something weird has to be going on. Because I'm like, this should undo a lot of what they are planning to do in other projects. Um, yeah. So but it's my weird. question is, and I, I, I feel like we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but um, so it's, like, 2050, right, when the sacred timeline is bombed by, like, the variants or Lady Loki or whoever she is. Yeah. So, what does that mean? Like, does the multiverse begin in 2050? Or, like, is bombing the sacred timeline, does that affect the entire timeline? What does that mean? Like, is there... I don't really understand how that all works because we know that that um, the variant has all these reset charges, mm-hmm. right? And they're from all different places in history. But what does firing them off really do? Right, well, because like the reset charge, the way I understand it, is it just like erases the presence of any anachronistic thing from that moment in time. And I guess the show is saying by the fact that the variant set off like 30 of them at once, it somehow like ripped a hole in reality itself, which I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I, don't okay. know, I don't know what was happening there. Like, I don't know. Like they said that they like, bombed the sacred timeline. That there were all these branches appearing at different places along right. the timeline, which, which leads you to believe that like these reset charges – are like somehow linked to different places on the timeline, right? They they are, yeah, they are. There, so there's a so some. I mean, I spent a little bit of time on Reddit last night, and someone <laughs> found someone found some. I I don't know where out exactly in the episode, but when they set off the reset charges, it showed it gave the exact locations and timestamps throughout history that those charges were set off and so mm-hmm. some of them are like like i i'm i'm gonna see if i can pull up the list real quick because it's all it's all over history and all over the world like you have yeah, dates well, wasn't one of them on peter quill's dad yes yes <laughs> one of them is one of them is ego yeah. 1382 you've got l- somewhere like um Lisbon, Portugal in 1492, but then you've also got Vormir in the year 2301. So it's like these reset charges have gone over literally spanning back to the um the beginning of I guess 
AD timekeeping to some yeah. some different years in the future. Right. And so does that I, mean we're gonna get a Christopher Columbus variant that never finds the <laughs> new world? <laughs> I mean, shoot, they could do it. They could do it. Also, also, did you guys did you guys find it amusing at all that this cataclysmic event took place in Alabama? I thought that was pretty funny. I, I did love that they put it like not only in Alabama, but it's like it's it's at a Costco. Like it's gonna have it's, it's gonna go down. It's gonna be at like a Costco. Yeah, in wait, like it, it is it's called like Roxcon or something. Yes, right. Like is is, is I, I know about like Roxcorp like in connection to mostly like Spider Man storylines, right? Oh, I yeah, didn't know I it connected so. to the comics. I just was like, okay, I guess Walmart got bought out. I don't know. Like, I, I just know this from the Miles Morales um, video game. I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. And then, um, and then to uh, to not not to minimize any of the conversation that we just had, I also recognized that like the writers could be like, hey, like time travel stuff always is a paradox, and like none of it really matters anyway. Like it's just meant to be fun. Like they could also go that route at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I hope like not. like to like to paraphrase the uh, Nolan's tenets like don't try to understand it feel it like is the thesis mission statement of tenet and I feel like they could be going for a similar thing here I hope not I hope they yeah. they go I hard into explaining tenet. it I haven't seen it yet I just uh, watched it last weekend and and is your brain broken I was about to say it broke my brain um it's I lit I Haley and I watched it over the course of two days paused frequently throughout the movie. To like make sure, like, do you, you get what's happening? You, you, are you catching it? And then, yeah, it, like, immediately watched a new rock stars video on YouTube right after to try and like explain the ending. So yes, it, t- it took multiple deep dives in Reddit and three viewings for me to even like kind of understand that movie. And even now, I would say my, yeah, my, my, my comprehension's only sitting at like 35 or 40 percent. Like, right. Like, I, it told me, it told me what I needed to know, but like, do I understand why it happened that way? No, no, definitely not. I uh, there's no point in pretending to act like, oh yeah, I, I was following it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yep. That movie was chaos. Um, okay, back to I want to hit on something we talked about earlier a little bit. Um, talking about Mo- Mobius's motivations, we we don't know what they are. Um, but if if we look on the flip side, we look at Loki. Obviously. The main character of this show, mm-hmm. we we have. There's so many questions, obviously, about what this this whole show could mean pertaining to the MCU at large. But this, at the end of the day, is about Loki, and we we can tell that they're taking great care with how they're kind of rewriting his character. So, I'm curious, what do you guys think Loki is in this for? Because I, I know he's been shown how his life is going to end, and he has, you know gained probably a little bit of perspective and empathy through that but do we do we think he's going on a redemptive route or do we think there is still an inkling in him that is seeking out power and the ability to rule well i was gonna say like that power grab is still gonna be there uh because i mean we are talking about a version of loki that is extremely fresh off of uh the siege on new york by the chitauri like i mean this is this is the loki that we knew from the very end of the avengers i mean at that point in that movie there was no remorse on his part there was merely the disappointment the resignation to the fact that he had been overcome uh 
this is still someone who wants like his control uh and so but again like i said earlier like he is in it right now i think for being able to grasp that control and being able to prove you know not just to himself but to people like mobius and others that like you know predetermination predestination doesn't have the grip on me that you say it does like i can I can take a hold of my own, my own reality and screw you if you say otherwise. Uh, because, I mean, we know Loki, he's spiteful, whether or not that's because the Asgardian version of Candy is nuts and berries. But, <laughs> I mean, that's just the Loki that we know right now. So again, I just do think that he's going to, you know, if we're projecting, uh, I do think he's going to arrive at more of a character point that is a bit more synonymous with where he is when, you know, in the master timeline, he is killed by Thanos at the very beginning of Infinity War. I think he's going to be similar to that character by the end of the series or by the end of whatever the series starts off. But the journey there is going to be incredibly different. So I, that's the way I see it. I still think it's a power grab for right now, but his motivations will change. Yep, I agree. John said everything I was going to say. So good thing he went for. <laughs> what if he just wants to rewrite his story that's that would be amazing. Thought. Like if he gets the if he gets the power to like literally change anything in the universe, and he could do like so much good or evil. But he's like, nope, I just want to save my own butt. Like that's all I want to do. Like, well, there's a scene in the possible. trailer where he's like, like running to be elected for something. Oh, right? you're right. What what's he trying to be elected for? President of the President. United States. <laughs> Loki that would be the most amazing thing ever if in like Thor 4 like they go down to Earth for something and then like Loki's just oh, showing up in Pennsylvania Avenue I think, like, he, I think he does that in the comics I think he runs for president of the US in the comics I'm, I think I'm you're right I think kidding. that is part of like one small run my, my favorite like my meme pr- of Lo- Loki interfering in real history is like a meme where it's like the Romans are like oh my gosh Caesar is so annoying and Loki's just like I don't know stab him like <laughs> <laughs> wait the fact that he was like db cooper that was the funniest yes, thing that was that amazing was cool. that was cool. <laughs> it was so funny too because they use it in the trailers as like some big epic moment in the whole show and then in the actual thing, just he's like, like i some... just like i lost a bet like <laughs> it's some aside yeah oh that's funny God. in an alternate universe thor is doing that same shit <laughs> yeah. that oh 100 percent. 100 100 well, you, you know how, like, in, have you guys watched Futurama? I've watched uh, some. I haven't seen, like, a large like, portion. Have you guys seen that episode where, like, there's an alternate universe where everything's the same, except when you flip a coin, all heads are tails and all tails are heads? Yeah, I've heard about this. I've never seen it, but I've, like, read Reddit <laughs> things about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, whenever people make decisions based on a coin flip, it's always the opposite decision because, like, it's, like, heads or tails. It's, like, the heads are tails and the tails are heads. Right. right it flips it yeah wait that's really yeah. funny but that'd be hilarious if like in that universe like there's so many major differences like oh because it, tails turned up heads climate change doesn't exist or something <laughs> <laughs> like oh, who made God. what ridiculous decision that would lead to that that's just a funny <laughs> thing to play with I- oh god okay um i feel like i feel like we've hit uh we've hit loki's Loki's motives. I, I, you, John, you, you did a great job breaking that down for us. You took the words out of Trent's mouth. Um, I, I just have one. We, we've done a lot of speculating already, but if you guys have, you know, let it marinate after, after listening to everybody else's take, after watching the episodes yourself, 
if you had to come up with one theory, one something that it doesn't even have, you don't even have to feel that good about it happening, but just a theory that you are, you want to see happen that you feel like could happen in this show. I'm going to open the floor. You guys, you guys hit me with a theory. Yeah. I mean, I sort of referenced this earlier. I feel, I feel like the show is going to end with the timekeepers either not being real or Mobius is one. Um, I feel like, I feel like Mobius's arc for this show has to tie into that directly. Either he is a timekeeper messing with stuff, or he's going to have like an existential crisis when he realizes that like these beings that he thought have determined everything, like, nope, the world really is chaos. And he's just been doing a, doing a whole thing for no actual pre-designed plan or purpose. Um, I, I feel like we are going to find out that some, some part of the TVA's whole infrastructure is fraudulent. Um, that's, that's my big, that's the big whammo reveal that I think is coming at the end of episode, like four. Um, yeah. You know, I was watching beyond the trailer after um, like all these episodes and the theory that Grace talked about that I, th- that I found very compelling was that all of the TVA employees are reset variants. They're, they're variants that had their memories wiped completely. And Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, could just be some random variant from the 90s, which is why he has this affinity for the 1990s. And it's kind of perfect casting because Owen Wilson was kind of at his peak as an actor in the 90s. What if Mobius is a variant Owen Wilson? <laughs> that would be the most amazingly meta thing Marvel would ever did. That like that yes, he actually is Owen Wilson, but he's I'm here for also, it. like do you think that we're going to get a Mobius wow at some point in this show? I feel like they're going to do like they're they're going to do a play on it like he's going to say like oh at some point and like <laughs> <laughs> they would oh, do wow. that. Marvel would spite us like that. No, he'll he'll look at like his birth records from uh, his past life and say, "Oh, my name is Ralph Boner." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, then, that, back, that will never not Ralph be painful. Back somehow. Yeah. That also, one. like, what really is a nexus event? What, because what we it, know that, like, you know, the whole idea of nexus beings was kind of teased in one division, and. In the comics, Wanda is a nexus being. And, like, what that means, like, you know, in the comics is that she's, like, an anchor of reality, basically, right? Why is a nexus event in Loki when, like, a variant shows up? Right? What's what's going on there? Like, it feels like the terminology is just completely turned around. (laughs) But uh, so if this is this is my theory. I'm going to take liberty. Go ahead and, and give you mine. It's not technically mine because I heard it somewhere, somewhere else. I mean, the Internet is full of stuff. So no, no one's theory is truly original. But I, you know, my my little flair is the reasoning behind it. So the theory that I heard out there is that all of the variants that the TVA has ever chased down has always been Loki is odd every variant is loki <laughs> at some other point in history 
and so and obviously we get like lots of different Lokis because in this in this uh in this show we get Lady Loki in episode two. I I also think if you go back to episode one and there's the scene where Owen Wilson and some of the other TVA agents are in the the church building. It looked like a church. It's got the stained glass on the window of the of the devil. And they're talking to a child and they've got the kablooey bar Um, that I think could be kid Loki, who is a young Avenger, or at least, you know, could be cast as a young Avenger or something like that. Anyway, my wasn't that like very far in the past, though. It might, it, it, honestly, it might have been. It might have been, but I, I, think that, I think that scene was in like the 1500s. I want to say, yeah, something I think like it was like 1542 yeah. or Loki, something. But Loki is also like thousands of years old, and so like it's true. Right. Yes, yeah. it's still possible for sure. It's possible, and so I think my my reason for I it's a silly theory, but like why it could low key no no pun intended be true is that um you think about the the purpose of the show is to show us like does does choice really matter are we destined to just do the the same thing no matter no matter how many times you try to break away from the sacred timeline and what if loki's you know the the first episode is called glorious purpose he believed in the Avengers movie in 2012, his glorious purpose was to rule Earth, and it was definitely not. But it would be an interesting way for the show to bring bring it back to this idea of having a destiny, right? Of having a fate. And what if what if Loki's destiny is actually to bring about the multiverse and to break the sacred timeline? And by doing so, he's exhibiting his choice, his free will. And so the two are kind of intertwined in a way. Um, and, and I think as just like a, uh, you know, we'll call it a branch off of my theory is that I, I do think that Lady Loki setting off what could be the multiverse. Um, I think that could be something that she's doing to, to ultimately protect that, that, that maybe there's a greater threat out there that, that the multiverse coming actually might be a good thing. It might not be as dangerous as the TVA wants us to believe because the TVA could be pretty shady people. So that's my theory. You guys, uh, you guys marinate and uh, tell me what you think. Yeah. I'll have to digest that for, for a couple of days, but that would be, that'd be wild. If it's just like Loki's messing with stuff for, for eons upon eons throughout time, that'd be, that'd be pretty fun. Actually. I do like the idea that maybe like the multiverse being set off actually like helps the, the cosmos in some way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've seen some theories online that that's not actually Lady Loki, though. Oh, really? Ooh. That, that it's actually enchant- that's actually Enchantress. I've seen that theory online. Wait, like Enchantress from DC's Suicide Squad? Or is there a Marvel no, character? No, no. Oh. Like, like, named like Sybil or Sybil or something like that. Like, apparently it's a character that got like magical powers from Loki in the comics. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you because know, like, why would Lady Loki be blonde? <laughs> why would Lady Loki hey, be blonde? She could have dyed her hair. It's a variant, man. <laughs> it doesn't like, have to like, be natural. Know, right before getting another reset charge, like goes, like go goes to the salon. You know. <laughs> True. <laughs> These things happen. 
these things happen. Yeah. She's just trying yes. to she's just trying to disguise herself. Um, I'll 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 uh, offer the opportunity to John. Do you have any any suspicious theories? Um, you know, nothing really out there in terms of uh, where the story might be going. I I think you guys know enough about me to know that I'm not a huge theories guy. I guess one of my postulations is that uh, one of Loki's one of Loki's variants is uh, going to be a I want to say like a a beach body on demand coach because let me tell you oh, uh, well a we saw that one of the variants was almost like uh, it, it looked like he was basically Lance Armstrong like in a yellow jumpsuit carrying a big silver cup and then at the very beginning of episode one we had you know, a travestial five seconds of shirtless Hiddleston, which, you know, I just give us more, you know, I want some more of that pasty God bod. And, uh, (laughs) you know, if any theory that I have is going to let us bask in that glory anymore, then I mean, yeah, I want to see Loki leading some, some P90X. Let's, uh, let's, you know, that's what I, that's what I got for you. Uh, that that's fantastic like, this is hereby known as the baddest postulate it, it'll, be <laughs> your, it, it'll be in your kids geometry textbooks 30 years from now also can we get like pasty god bod as like a trending um like fitness <laughs> aspiration <laughs> yeah they say oh, they say dad guys. yeah dad bod is in pasty white bod is now the it's the new end. Yeah. Um, Pasty God Wad Pasty God Bod is the new dad bod. Um, that's what you heard here first. I think I think Madison Postulate could be a new segment for our show. Every week. It doesn't matter what um, what we're talking about. Yes. Just, let's just get a random yes, just, Madison just, postulate. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you every week, John. Tell me. Yeah, your... we can also have the uh uh the Neely theorem. Right? Yes, let, let's all have our own scientific um yeah our own scientific yeah. oh, there's postulate theorem the, what else is there the the redmond paradigm <laughs> the redmond paradox yeah the redmond paradox, paradox. i love it and then the the gan uh the, the gan uh coefficient i don't know <laughs> yes <laughs> there we go I, the gan coefficient i like it well, I we you know we accomplished something tonight, guys, and that is possible trademarks for each of us to to go <laughs> to go file for after this episode. Um, First thing Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's all that I had for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. I definitely plan on us doing this mm-hmm. again throughout this run because this show has been an absolute pleasure. But. It's more of a pleasure getting to talk to you guys. That's right, gonna get you. Yeah, thank you. That is that is gonna do it for our discussion today. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, well, and what a polite young man. Our host is. <laughs> that's what that's what I that's what I try to do, try to do around here. You'll hear these guys back on again soon, and hopefully my internet connection won't be this unstable. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Mm-hmm.